This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. We're live, we're ready. Go. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly. This the most scenic, unbelievable is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. A neutral zone. It's Hey, and welcome to another edition of The Neutral Zone. I am your host, Brock Richardson. I gotta tell you that every time we do this show, I always think to myself, I don't know if I do that intro justice, jumping on, being like, hey, after telling us how insane and how great it is, but we do love that intro, put together by, of course, Derek Wellsman. Joining me in studio is a jam-packed studio, um, is the Brett Wills, who's finally making his debut, and our new fill-in co-host, Claire Buchanan. Guys, how are you doing? Hey, Brock, are you excited that I'm back? Um, yeah, sure. Why, why did you say, um, first? Because I had to think. I had to think whether I was excited or not. All right, all right. Are you excited to be back? I'm so thrilled to be back. The, uh, the traffic is a little different at this hour on this day, but uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to make it work. Uh, today I had the day off, so it was nice that uh, I got out of Mississauga about 2.30, and uh, I got here probably about 45 minutes ago. And, yes, uh, see, there you go. Yeah. It's a little different than our uh, Saturday traffic. I remember the Saturday was like you flew in there like, oh, I'm here, and but wouldn't be like that on Friday, certainly. Also joining us is Claire. Claire, welcome to the show. Nice to have you with us. How are you? I'm pretty good. I am uh, excited to be here and be a part of this group. Yes, we're excited to have you. First, can you give the listener a little bit about yourself? We know a little bit about you, but they don't. So enlighten them for us. Um, first things first, I've been pretty much a lifelong friends with most of these guys. So um, glad to be here with a bunch of friends. And I was born of spina bifida, and so I've played adaptive sports my whole life. And I am currently in my sixth season with the Canadian women's sledge hockey team. Yes, you were just announced to that Canadian team this year, so congratulations for that. Uh, we're glad to have you aboard, and uh, I hope those boys in there don't uh, pick on you too much. But uh, Oh, I can definitely handle these guys. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. You need to have thick skin. Also joining us in studio is the person you know very well, Cam Jenkins. Cam is here to talk about his repel uh, that he did in support of Easter Seals. Cam, welcome back to the show. How was the repel? Uh, the repel was terrifying, in a word. <laughs> it was terrifying. You know, I was keeping it pretty calm and uh, the day of, and I went to work to keep my mind off of things, left at about 10 o'clock to, you know, just uh, check it out and see what it was like. And then I saw a couple of repellers go down, and I was like, I'm still okay, but I was starting to get more terrified at that point in time. And then, you know, as the uh, hours uh, clicked away and they were running behind schedule, um, I think the worst thing you can do is go, like, early because then all you're doing is you're just thinking about your fall and all the things that could go possibly wrong. So, yeah, you know, the stomach started to churn a bit and 
Then 2.30 finally came, so uh, Supercam went up to the top of the building, uh, not in a single bound, uh, via elevator. And, yeah, when you're at the top, you kind of climb a ladder up to um, where the edge is of the um, building. And then they ask you to kind of, well, they strap you in before you go, go up there. And so I'm all strapped into this harness, and it's very snug fitting. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And then, so they asked me to straddle the building. So one leg is like going um, down towards like 17, 18 stories. <laughs> and then the other leg is kind of like uh, in the safe zone where the top <laughs> of the building is. So I'm kind of straddling there. And then the guy goes, okay, lift your leg over and just kind of fall to the left. <laughs> just just, kinda, just, just, just kind edge, of fall to the left. Fall to the left, edge to the left. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I know I was crying. I wasn't laughing. So, And every fiber in, I'm hoping, everyone's body, when somebody, when you're on top of a building and they say kind of go to the left or edge to the left or jump to the left, you you don't want to do it. You're <laughs> like, if I go that way, I'm falling 18 stories or 17 stories. If I go to the right, I'm in the safe zone. I'm on top of the building and everything's fine. So what did I do? Of course, I went to the left. And once you kind of fall to the left and then you kind of get your bearings about you and once you kind of go down one or two stories, um, it kind of goes away and you just got to concentrate on the window like right in front of you. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look, don't down. <laughs> look down. Because I did that and then that kind of got me going again a little bit. But so, yeah, after a couple of stories, then it was just a matter of um, grounding myself. I was just looking at the lever and using the lever to kind of get me down and it took me about seven minutes. Is that what... Is that what you were focused on then uh, as you were going down, just the lever? Yeah, just the lever and looking at that and just kind of concentrating on one thing at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, I made it down in one piece. Uh, my goal was, well, I had a few goals. As far as the rappel was, it was not to die. So job well done. I Bravo. made that goal. Check. And then uh, at the end of the day, it's all about Easter Seals, Ontario about the kids uh, getting those donations, uh, which I'm currently at like 3900 bucks now. So I'm 100 bucks away for 4000 So I'm hoping to get to that $4,000 limit. Um, and that's what it's all about, the kids getting um, the money for the accessible camps and for the accessible equipment uh, for them to be able to use to um, just lead a normal life and to be inclusive well i give you a really hard time sometimes but uh i can honestly say that i'm super proud of you and uh i called you my hero this past week and uh, i was genuine about it you're my hero that that's amazing yeah well you know what i think to make yourself a better person i think there's a saying that goes uh do one thing every day that scares you was that john london that said it? i can't remember who said it but anyways i certainly can't do it every day but once a year i think i'm gonna make this a tradition and repel and get some uh, money for the kids if you want to do it every day uh we're gonna uh start booking the edge walk no i'm not doing it every day all right okay 
I'm not doing. I would never. I would like. Never, I've been told. Yeah. I've been told you can do that in a manual wheelchair. I would never. Not in a million years would the, I. There was two or three wheelchairs that went down too. There was one guy, oh, really? Andrew Nielsen. He's got to get props too because he raised ten thousand five hundred dollars for Easter Seals. And what they did is he was at the bottom. The people at the top, they pulled him to the top or halfway to the top, and then he kind of rappelled down from there. So that was fantastic. So you can do it in a wheelchair, too. Yeah, it was certainly a, a sight to behold. And good on Andrew for, uh, you know, raising a lot of money. And he got the one, the only Barry Davis, because allegedly they're friends. And he got him to go down again for the second year. Great event all around. Cam, congratulations, and thank you so much for coming in and Letting us in on what you did this past week. Thanks for having again, me, and uh, Easter still thanks you as well. Again, go to Cam's Facebook page, Twitter. You can donate up until the end of the month, which is only a few short days away. We will return to the neutral zone in a couple of minutes, and we're going to continue our road down the Parapan Am Games. This week, we've arrived to the 2019 Lima para pan am games we'll give you all the details right after the break here on the neutral zone on ami audio and voices for ability stay with us welcome back to the show, this show we call it the Neutral Zone. This week I'm joined by Claire Buchanan and Brett Wills. Sorry, Brett, I did not introduce you first. Mom always told me to introduce women first, so I'm just doing that. You know, you, you actually such a gentleman. You actually introduced the more important person in the room, so that's fine. that's fair. Yeah. Well, guys, over the past couple of weeks, we've been discussing Para Pan Am games, going all the way back to. Uh, 2007, and we've arrived at the ones that uh, just happened. Um, Brazil winning the medal count again uh, with a total of 308. United States in second place with a total of 185. Canada in sixth place with a total of 60. I guess the question overall is, what were your general thoughts on this year's Para Pan Am Games? Claire, we'll start with you. Um, this year we saw quite a bit of glory from the Canadians, but um, in terms of the medal race, um, I guess we always expect to see the U.S. kind of take control of the top three spots, so that wasn't a surprise. And Brett, what about you? You know, I, I'm looking at this medal count and uh, these standings, and uh, as Claire was mentioning, uh, there's no surprise that the U.S. is up there. Uh, close to the top, but uh, I did think that they would be on top. It, it led me to think and wonder whether or not uh, they, uh, the top te uh, country uh, in terms of the medal standings puts more money towards their their athletes in terms of funding for training and whatnot. It's uh, funny you should ask that question because uh – when I had the next question of why do you think Brazil is on top, it is a question of funding. They are fully funded. Uh, they do do stage staging camps, and they, a lot of them actually live together, which is why you see such a success. Um, do you guys ever see a point in 
para sports where Canada can essentially live together, or is this kind of not in the cards, at least for the near future? Well, it, it actually makes me think. Uh, do you think the guys in the neutral zone could live together for six or eight months? Uh, no, I, I, with no. Yeah, I, I was going to say the the answer is no. I mean, obviously, sport is completely different, um, and there's a hope that they could get to that level. Um, but I just uh, I don't I don't see it happening anytime soon. I think that there needs to be quite a bit more funding pushed forward to every single level and everything every single sport uh, that's represented at the Pan Am and Para Pan Am Games to, for that to be facilitated. Claire, any thoughts? Do you think Canada can get there, will get there, and how long would this take, if at all possible? Well, I mean, we saw success with their wheelchair basketball program in Lima. So a lot of those athletes are actually centralized here in the GTA and do live together. So I have seen it firsthand that their success comes directly from being together a lot more often. Yeah, and it's and I and I have seen it as well. I mean, I know for me they do do staging camps when you talk about bocce, and I know they do it for other sports as well. But I think the more you're together, it not only builds your skills, but it builds, you know, camaraderie, which to me in a team sport especially makes a huge difference. Overall, guys, would you say this event was a success for Canada? I think so. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you know, you always compare – uh, an event that that just happened to the one that re- that happened before that. So if they've they've cu- come up better this time than they did last time, then it, in my opinion, it was a success. Claire, it's a big uh, excitement for coming up to, into Tokyo. So seeing how well Canada did do in Lima, it's exciting to see that the future could be really bright come Tokyo time. And I think, too, guys, the end goal with, um, you know, the Para Pan Am Games was not only the medals itself, but also making sure that teams qualified uh, for the Paralympic Games. And it seems that a good chunk of the teams I was reading, over 50% of the teams that were there did qualify. So I think if you look at it from that perspective and not just the medal counts. And, Brett, to your point about Canada, you know, being more successful or less successful versus... This game versus the last, they were not as successful, but the difference is the last one was um, in 2015 where Canada was completely represented represented in every sport, and so they finished second. So in this case, I don't know if it's apples to apples just because of the different dynamic, but in a normal case, I would look at it as comparing uh, one event to another. And on that note, we're going to take a break here on the Neutral Zone. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about the free agents that have signed, not signed. We might even get into the Austin Matthews disaster, let's call it, uh, that's gone on in Toronto. Who knows what you'll get into in the next segment. I'll be back with Claire and Brett right after this. Stay with us.
Welcome back to the show, The Neutral Zone, here on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I'm your host, Brock Richardson in Kitchener, and joining me in Toronto is Claire Buchanan and Brett Wills. Well, the NHL season is under a week away, and finally another big name uh, dropped for signings, and that name is Patrick Laine, signing for a two-year deal, $6.75 million for an average annual salary. Brett, what say you about Patrick Laine? Is this a good deal? What do you think? Well, he did sign a bridge deal, right? Are we surprised that it happened this way, though? I'm kind of surprised, to be to be honest. But what does that tell you? He doesn't want to stay in Winnipeg well, long term. And, and that's the thing. He needs to have the seasons of his life the next two seasons in order to cash in. Because as much as 6.75 or whatever you just said is a lot of money, he, he's going to be needing to cash in on his next contract. And he's probably already thinking about it. Guys, do you think this is... a a situation where he signs for two years. Is this going to have a problem in the room when you look at the players around you, knowing that he's obviously not committed to Winnipeg? I'll let either one of you go on this. I mean, I think as a professional, you kind of just work hard and try to get the result that you want. But, um, yeah, being part of a hockey team, you do look around you and see – where the commitment is and uh, if it's going to stay the same or if the people are just kind of waited out and try to get out of the city as soon as possible. Brett, do you think this affects their Stanley Cup aspirations? Well, you've noticed that Dustin Bufflin has taken a leave of absence from the team and Kyle Connor still hasn't been signed. So, I mean... And you've also got the, that two-year contract, which I think is, like we've discussed, it's a little bit ridiculous. I, I, I'm wondering if people actually want to be in Winnipeg. If you're a teammate, do you would you have rathered him not sign the two-year deal and and go somewhere else, or do you say, okay, well, he's here for two years, let's let's embrace whatever it is? Uh, you know, I don't know if you're if you're some young kid. That's trying to to crack a roster spot coming into the league. I I think you're kind of doing somersaults behind the scenes. But uh, if you're a guy like Shifley or Little that's been there for a while, you're you're probably wondering yourself, what on earth is this kid doing? He he's not he's he's a great hockey player, but he shouldn't act as entitled as he's acting at this moment. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. In Winnipeg, now that he's signed, and let's see what they do, I guess, is the um, the million-dollar question, which can only be answered later on in the year. Speaking of uh, other crazy things that are going on, uh, Austin Matthews uh, has been in the media, but not for good reason. He was apparently in Scottsdale, Arizona, with his pants down, taunting a woman, and now this is in the media... How is this going to affect the Toronto Maple Leafs, Claire, if at all? I mean, hopefully he is speaking for the team and it's not being affected on the ice and in practice. But, um, I mean, people are going to talk about it and you just kind of have to throw a blind eye to it as a professional. But it's definitely another case of entitlement and thinking that maybe he can get away with stuff that uh, other people wouldn't. 
Brett, does it bother you, though, that he didn't tell the team this happened in May? Does it bother you more that he didn't tell the team that this happened? Where do you sit? Yeah, no, it definitely leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, we, we've been talking for the last six months about who the next captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs is, and I think that uh, a lot of people had anointed him the next captain, and I just I don't see it happening anymore. I think that uh, in the next month or so, they're going to be naming a captain for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's going to be John Tavares. And saying that, I, I think that Austin Matthews really missed out on a great opportunity to cement himself in history. Outside of this incident, do you guys think it was going to be Austin Matthews, or was it going to be John Tavares from the get-go? So, uh, you know what, deep down, I, I was always hoping that uh, it was John Tavares. But uh, I think once they drafted uh, Austin Matthews, he was going to be the next one. So uh, y- you never know. It does leave the question as to what if, though. What if this didn't happen? And it leaves Austin Matthews up to the opportunity to show maturity in the situation and see how he can turn it around both in in the locker room and on the ice. There's no way you can give him this captaincy, though, right? Like with this incident, there's there's just no way. You know, Brock, funnier things have happened in professional sports. <laughs> so there might be a way, but it's not uh, likely? No, there, there absolutely might be a way. I don't see it happening because this is the Toronto Maple Leafs, and history uh, behind the, the franchise would dictate that you do a, a ridiculous thing. You, you don't get rewarded for it, but... Uh, Again, we're going to have to wait and see in the next uh, couple of weeks. Just very quickly, Kyle Dubas not being around Austin Matthews in this situation, could there be an issue here? I mean, he was around Mitch Marner when when he was he was signed. You know, he supported the guys through good, bad, and indifferent. Are you bothered that he doesn't seem to be supporting Austin Matthews right now? I mean, I think he is kind of angry that he got a little blindsided on it. If he would have been approached by Austin Matthews before, way before this all came to light, I think it would have been a different situation in terms of support. Brett? Yeah, it, it's that old adage, what are you going to do? Because honesty is the best policy. And obviously, Austin Matthews wasn't very honest right away. So, If Austin Matthews was honest right away, does that change the captaincy? Yes, no, very quickly. No. No. I I was going to say yes, but uh, no, not at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that um, this action is going to end up costing him the C, and it's even remains to be seen at this point whether or not he gets an A, in my opinion, but we'll see how it goes, and I hope that this doesn't affect... Um, the Leafs in the long run. I know the next uh, time there will be something on this case will be the later part of October uh, when when things happen. So we'll see. But lots of good stuff, bad stuff happening in the NHL. It's going to be a great season. Starts uh, next Wednesday. That's it for us on this show. I'd like to thank Claire Buchanan, and Brett Wheels, Cam Jenkins. I'd also like to thank our technician, Jeff Ryman. 
Our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Our technical supervisor is Paula Deneen. Tune in next week to The Neutral Zone because you never know what happens when you enter The Neutral Zone. Have a great week and a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.